I'm at Rucker Park and I heard the best players in the world play here and I want to be really great. And they're like, you know, this is Rucker Park. And I said, is your name Rucker? And he goes, no. I said, good. It ain't your park. Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business, your business, business. into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery, and we have a legend. The legend, a legend, one of the trailblazers, and for me, it's personal because she's a point guard legend. It's Nancy Lieberman, the Hall of Famer. She comes on and we talk about a little bit of everything. We spend the whole conversation today talking to Nancy Lieberman. We also talk, what's going on? Shrinkonomics. I say shrinkonomics, it's probably pronounced differently, but y'all know what I'm saying. There's a lot going on with inflation. We get into that. There's a lot going on in general, but we wanna talk to you guys about it. Every week, we're going to be bringing you what's going on in the news, what's going on in sports, and what's going on right now. Let's get into it. We all start peaking. All-Star Weekend. Okay, baby, we got All-Star Weekend coming up July. You guys know July 10th is the All-Star Game. It's in Chicago. We need to start making All-Star Games an event like NBA All-Star. And they just announced the WNBA All-Star Starters. So it's getting real out here, okay? Everything is getting real. The first person that we are announcing, I think it's really lit. The WNBA has been doing it all season. Every single team, we've seen it on the courts, and now we're seeing it more. With our first selection in the WNBA All-Star Starters, we're selecting our girl who is always in our hearts, BG, man. I love that they made Brittany Griner an honorary starter for the All-Star game because, again, it's just making sure that She knows that we didn't forget, that everyone knows that we didn't forget, and we will continue to talk about it and just make sure that it's at the forefront. BG, we need her home, period, period, period. And then the other starters that were announced for the All-Star Game, there were some usual suspects, as you can expect. Sue Bird, of course, is going to be an All-Star. This is her final season. She recently announced her retirement. She's going to be a starter, and this is her, actually, this is her 13th All-Star selection. There also is another player that is retiring, and this is my put-put man, Sylvia Fowles. She announced that this year will be her last season. My heart goes out to put-put man because she got injured, and now she might not be able to finish her season on the court, but I love that she was selected in her eighth All-Star selection. She will be heading to Chicago to be an All-Star starter. There's more people, I'm sure familiar faces, names. Neka Agumake, I'm actually really hyped to see her name there just because, you know, she's battled so many injuries. She's the president of the WNBPA. Candace Parker is going to be an All-Star starter. You know that she's had a season and a half. That's her seventh All-Star selection as well but there's some new names that's out there and there's Brianna Stewart's going to be an all-star starter let me just actually pause and talk about the Las Vegas Aces okay they've not only been winning games but they've been winning at an alarming rate I feel like their margin of victory has got to be like 15 and above so rightfully so they have three all-star starters in the game Asia Wilson Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young All three of those players, I believe, are former number one picks as well. So they got some heavy hitters in the starters for the All-Star game. And honestly, like I said, they've been running through the whole league, so they've earned it. This is fan voting, but they've earned it. And then last but not least, I saw John Quill Jones is on the list. John Quill Jones, last year's MVP Need I say more? And then we have Sabrina Inescu. So she's Mrs. New York now, the former number one pick. This is her first All-Star selection. So that will sum up the full All-Stars, like I said, starting with BG, joining that group in our spirits, in our hearts. And listen... That's the starters, but I'm still pulling for some dream players to make the All-Star game. We're going to be there with MoCo. We're going to have a live show. We're going to tell you all about that. More details to come, but it's going to be a live post-game show for MoCo. I hope to see a dream player there. I'm sure that a player has played well enough to be there, so we'll give you more details on that later, but we all start peaking. All-Star weekend, baby. We're in the building. Can I borrow 
a dollar. That's what I need to know because right now everything going up. The prices is up and I'm talking about the price of everything. The price of my Funyuns has gone up. The price of my Gushers has gone up. We know gas prices have gone up. Price of pedicures. Everything. So we be asking all the time where the money reside, where the money reside. And I don't know if it resides anywhere right about now. Prices is dropping in the markets. It's a bear market in, in the crypto world, NFT world. There's a lot going on right now. So Okay, can you explain that to me? What is a bear market? Listen, it's a term that's used that like I, I'm just gonna put it in layman's terms and this is don't don't fact check <laughs> me here. We got well actually we got Professor P on here. So Professor P, <laughs> do Paul you know I, the bear market to me means we're down to the bare minimum, baby. It's bad. That's what it says to me, but that's not <laughs> Listen, that's not the real term. So, Professor P, if you have any insight on what does the bear market mean? Yeah, I'd say in simple terms, just like when the market crashes and stock markets crash. There you hmm. go. Okay. But so, so are there different like classifications? <laughs> Is a bear market like just one of them? Are there yeah, different like? There's a bull bull run, which means like when everything's going crazy and everyone's buying and everything's going on. Oh yeah, you should have heard everybody. I'm bullish on, oh, you should have seen all the tweets. There was a lot of people that were bullish on a lot of stuff and now we all bare minimum, bare down. Or bullied. Mm. Now y'all getting bullied. Yeah, now we getting bullied. Bullied. (laughs) (laughs) Now we are getting bullied. I I hit VP up and this is Paul Garino. You guys should know this by now. Professor P is Paul Garino, VP. I hit him up and I was like, yo, What's them uh, Bored Apes looking like? I'm going to tell you one thing that ain't down. And it's Bored Ape mm. Yacht Club. Their prices is still at what? What's the minimum still at? No, no, no. It's, it's down. It was The minimum was like 300000 like two weeks ago. Now it's like 100000 Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, it's so down. Wow. Yeah. So okay. should we all run and get one, people? What's up? Wow. That's great. <laughs> that's one our lane. <laughs> So when he told me it was still at six figures, I was like, oh, okay. So let me keep it moving. But y'all talk to me. Inflation is tapping into everything. Has Claire felt it yet, Roy? I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this inflation and how and who all's feeling it. Because I feel it already. Filling up the gas tank is painful. My mm-hmm. Diddy don't even like to fill up his tank all the way completely. He likes to do it in increments because he can't stand the whole <laughs> full price. So this is where we are with it right now. We're at the bear market minimum. Yes. <laughs> I will say, what is going on with camps? <laughs> I Let me tell you something. COVID actually started this problem mm. because when they first got out of COVID, they only allowed so many kids because of COVID protocols. And so when they did that, they had to increase the amount because they had less kids. They wanted more money to make sure mm. your child was safe mm. and the COVID protocols. So that started it. But now, from what I understand, because people act like COVID doesn't exist anymore. So why are these camps still so high? Oh, they kept the COVID pricing. Right. Yeah, oh, they kept it. They kept it. <laughs> and then they raised it some, too. And I said, we're going to ration these summer camps. So, mm-hmm. you, I mean, we're going to make a summer camp at home we go to make a summer camp we go <laughs> vacation make her own summer camp hey you've always had one free down here at grandma so now let's don't be bucking <laughs> i was spoiled because let me tell you now i gotta pay we pay for camps now it's a problem so these camps yeah, are extremely free camp down here at grandma yeah, it's Listen, extremely high camp in west virginia it's only for family though i don't know don't yeah, be sending yeah, y'all don't children be that up to everybody, don't be sending them little ron rons down to west virginia okay <laughs> that's just she talking about for the nieces nephews grandbabies okay yes. but the problem the problem is, is like, what are people doing if they can't afford these camps and you have little kids? Because even even like the uh, preschool and the uh, daycares and stuff, they're high. So it's like everything is so expensive. That definitely went up because there's no way a camp for kids should be almost 400 some a week. Some of these camps are like 350 400 a week. A week? A week? That's, that's a crazy. Week. A week. That's like daycare services. Oh, costs. absolutely. Yeah, and that's expensive. For uh, daycare yeah, too. I know. But the thing is, the alternative is you put your child somewhere don't know if you're going to be able to pick them up in the same place or if they're even going to be there when you get back so and that's we don't the know problem. if we're going to jail tonight there no, you go no, no, so no, it's no. like not going to jail going to their grave <laughs> somebody don't have her grandbaby they going they going so who bye-bye. else about to kill somebody over these gas prices what's going on this inflation look I saw a wise man because I don't remember who tweeted it but it was one of these people in this financial space but they said now is not the time to buy real estate state. Now is not the time to buy a new car. Now is the time to buy somebody else's business. And that Hmm. was a very interesting tweet that I saw because the prices aren't dropping on certain things, but 
companies are struggling. You know, companies are not doing well right now. You know, we've seen some companies send out emails that say that they've had to let go up to 20% of their staff due to, you know, what's going on with the climate and our financial situation. So I'm just trying to see, like, what else is it tapping? Like I told you, my Funyuns, the bags, there's a lot more air in the bag. That's called shrinknomics. Yes, what's it up is. with the shrinknomics, gushers? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of companies are doing that. Just uh, I saw something on the news about the other day where they're just decreasing, like, from 38 ounces to 32 ounces. So my conspiracy theory was right. Yes, it was. Because <laughs> they're afraid <laughs> if they raise the price on the item that people will not buy it. So therefore, they're shrinking what's the size of the package so that you're paying that standard price for less product. I knew I wasn't crazy. And getting less. I see. Shrinkonomics. Shrinkonomics. But anyway, this is what I was uh, thinking about. And it's so crazy that, you know, food, the cost of healthy food was always much higher than it was Mm -hmm. for the stuff that was not healthy prior to the uh, problem we have inflation now. So, So now it's even more expensive to eat healthily. My friends was telling me, so this is what it really boils down to is that so now that the healthy food is so much more expensive and I can't afford it, this is why I've gained all of this weight because now I'm eating unhealthy. (laughs) Really? Really, I'm eating unhealthy because I can't afford to eat the good, healthy food that I was eating prior to this. So mm. now, you know, my food uh, portions and things that I eat have changed. So now I'm really more unhealthy and I'm gaining weight because of inflation. So you would think that if there was inflation, you would be losing weight. Because you're not eating as much. Because you don't have as much. But a lot of people are gaining weight because they have to eat incorrect food right now. Yeah, and that reminds me of DoorDash. DoorDash, the fees actually have gone up a lot. Like, sometimes I'm like, wait, I know that my plate costs maybe $20, but then I end up paying for the whole thing with fees, delivery, like maybe $40 or $50. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm actually going to have to cook. Look, seriously, like, we will change our whole dinner plans. Like, we will have all plans. Everybody's already submitted their order. You know how you text, everybody texts one person the orders. Everybody will have text the orders. And now as Sam is putting in the orders and realizes how much we about to get charged, look, I'm going to call it that inflation tax. We about to get hit with that inflation tax. She want to change our whole plans. Hey, do y'all want me to make spaghetti? We're like, no! Nobody wants spaghetti! Listen, I already said what I want. What's going on? She said, no, 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 no. They're doing something on the apps. No, 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 no. We got change our whole plan now because she done submitted the orders and, and now Thank the, you, the inflation tax. Sam, yeah. that's my sister Sam because I'm the same way. I, we have, I've done the exact much. same no, thing. No, no, we no, we no. Had went out to eat somewhere and we were all decided. Shan's like, okay, we know our day's going to be crazy. Let's just go ahead and figure out what we're going to order. I'm not cooking anything. We're going to get home late. And as everybody's putting their order in and I start looking at how much it's going to cost, I start taking <laughs> stuff off of there. I'm like, no. I'm like, we about to eat these hot dogs and open this Bush's baked beans and we're going to make it a night. We'll oh do better tomorrow. God. Beans, not cornbread, had fun. It reminds me when my mom used to look at the receipt when we used to go to the front of the line after everything was already checked. And then she would look at the receipt like, what? Uh-uh. Are you sure you charge this right? I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at every little charge. It's too I'm like, late. wait, uh-uh. This don't seem it's right. It's too late. <laughs> they overcharged me for something. I can't handle stuff like that. Once they've already rang it up, whether it's right or not, we're going to have to swipe the card, period. No. Like, will oh, sit no. there, hold the line, no, and change every single line. I'm stopping the line. Me too. And you know what? That's, um, I guess older folks do that because one time, <laughs> I just knew my bill was ex- astronomically over because I used to add it up as I put it in the thing. Okay, I'm at 5, 8, 10, 12, just rounding up. And so this particular time, I said, well, could you check my bill because it's not right? Well, instead of charging me $5 or something, they had charged me $50 for it. And so oh, had I no. not been counting or paying Snook, attention. did you get your $50 back? Of course. She wasn't going to let that $50 go. I would not. I would have done the same thing. So. Yeah. Oh, here. Here it is. is <laughs> I charged. I hit. Oh, I had too many O's. I said, well, you got to take it off. I'm sorry. You better, you you better feel the ooh and give me my O back, baby. Yeah. Roy, yeah. have you seen any inflation on your end or is Florida like, are y'all good over there? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, the price of bacon. Uh, since we've been talking about bears and bulls, let's talk about pigs here. The price of bacon has gone up. Like last year, it went up 30%. 
and it's been the highest levels what? in the past 40 years. Oh, wow. Do you cook a lot of bacon in your house? I mean, I try. I mean, you know, I look at <laughs> it. I try. <laughs> Thank so you, So you mean to tell me, Love see, this it. is what, for the people that don't really fool with bacon, bacon has one of the highest raises, 30% last oh, year. Wow. wow. That's you crazy. Do that bacon. It's such a versatile meat. <laughs> say no pork on their fork so every I, mean, time I had to have some swan every time I die <laughs> bacon makes everything better I know a lot of older people who say they will never stop eating pork and I they won't. live long lives yes oh, I yeah. do yes I do I do not y'all defending like pork out here what yes. in the world so yeah. Roy said the pork has gone up Sam said the pedicures have gone up. Cole said the camps have gone up. Also the business, you know, like just the beauty business in general. Like my sister, she she runs her own company. She has a beauty uh, cosmetic line. Cruise Cosmetics, check it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> K-Cruise Cosmetics. And so she came over here the other day saying that the prices for the actual products have gone up. As a supplier, her, her costs have gone up. So she's like, okay, look, even if I pay the price to get the supplies and everything to get the product when i sell it are people going to pay this much more for my product anybody buying a ten dollar lip gloss exactly now she's gonna have to mark it up two or three dollars more and so she's like you know the problem is not buying the product it's like are people actually going to pay this on the other end so right because I, I was like kimberly how much you need you know i'll help you i'll put i put some you know I, I thought she was like talking about like the maybe she needed some you know a loan or something like that but she, i was like why don't you just get a business loan she's like that's not the point the point is, like I said, are the people actually going to pay this much more when I do get the supplies? So she it's a tell her to around. reduce the size of her tube. That's all she has to do. And charge the same thing. Just get a little smaller tube. There you go. It makes mm. sense. <laughs> Listen, we're going to have to teach Kimberly about some shrinkonomics. <laughs> Listen, everybody in your life, you might have to shrinkonomic your plate. Yeah. You might have to shrinkonomic your normal activities that you do monthly. You might have to shrinkonomic your life because right now in this inflation phase that we're in and it's only a phase I have to say that everybody knows that you go through ups and downs the pendulum swings like it's gonna happen so in this phase we're in everybody might have to tighten up okay listen we might not be able to binge watch as many movies as we normally do everything going up but shrinkonomics people learn about it you didn't ask Paul about his Oh, VP. So tell me what's shrinking in your world in Connecticut. Is there shrinkonomics in your world? Um, I mean, of course, all that stuff that you guys mentioned. But uh, <laughs> it was probably like a month ago. My barber like left a Facebook status that he was going up in his price from like thirty dollars. Well, I don't know if he was just charging me thirty dollars or what, but he went from thirty dollars to fifty dollars. Oh, whoa! A wait a minute. Count. That's a lot. So I was like, what happened to 40? Like, I wouldn't agree. Really- I know, right? Like, there's no in between. But the 40? That's a big jump. My hey, that was opportunistic. Like it's time for a new barber, Paul. <laughs> I'm telling you, are going to decrease the size of your beard half down. So maybe that would take some of that off. My sons will be getting a haircut. Well, the older ones could pay for their own. But that little one, he gonna, he going to have a full fro every time he go. Because it'll be two or three months before he get a haircut. I It'll be a look. Roy held up his own clippers. Roy, Roy said, Roy I'm going to get to the bald. <laughs> he went the economic route. <laughs> the shrink, he really went shrinkonomics. <laughs> so this is the opposite. This is Paul's barber fa- sounds like an opportunist, oh, though. Yeah, this that's crazy. Seem like this is this inflation would have got you to forty dollars. Yeah, because my pedicures only went up like five dollars, not Come twenty dollars. Man, that's just a whole. That's a they, big jump. They charging to line up the beard oh, now yeah. and the, the like the mustache. They add on add-ons. Everything's a la carte now with the barber. What's yeah, he's going using on? A new water yes. they used to pat down it's more expensive alkaline water <laughs> no but i did ask like i never asked my friends or whatever but holy water everyone, holy everyone water. said it was yeah, 40, 40 to 50 so it wasn't i guess it wasn't so, you was all, so basically he was already needing to change his price point you've been banking all these days <laughs> yes so what's the real thing is because i just thought about that and as you said that junior's haircuts cost 50 dollars on a normal basis that's no ridiculous no. that's just <laughs> that's just simply ridiculous you don't even know i don't even know no we're taking him to my no, mom's that's, She's that's, cutting ridiculous. His hair. <laughs> that's ridiculous yeah junior's haircut starts out baseline at 50 no, and then you can let me tell you something my barber y'all need to come on to maryland my barber is 25 
$25. And everybody on here will tell you my son's hair be, their hair be tight. Yeah. $25. Yeah. Cole proud of her. Look, she's shouting out her. They be fresh. They be having the fresh lineup. Yeah, yes. we have to beat the honeys off of them. Oh my goodness, Listen. please. I can't. My haircut used to be $15. I haven't gotten a haircut wow. in like 15 years. Well, Roy, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if they're the reason that you don't have hair, but I don't know if that's what's going on. $15 does not seem like enough money for a haircut. I mean, today I'll be pulling out my hair and trying to spend $50. Roy held up his clippers and said, Listen, I don't play them games. I handle this on my own. But yeah, Junior's playing. Junior's paying. We're paying fifty dollars mm-hmm. minimum for Junior's haircut. That's too much for a kid, too, though. Junior's that is a too much for a kid. Head. Sam, call Miss Lucy. I, I'm gonna call my mom. I'm gonna take him to the shop because that's just too much. <laughs> she said, "I'm done." <laughs> she didn't even know. Renee, Renee, don't be telling me how much things cost sometimes because she knows I'm a freak out. Fifty dollars with the tip or without the tip? Without the tip, I usually <gasps> give him seventy five per haircut. <gasps> oh no! There's no way. Hey Sam, call Miss Lucy and Mr. Jerry. Yes, ma'am. If I tell her that Renee pays seventy five dollars for a haircut, she's gonna be so mad. She's like, Renee, you could have got it. Bring it to me. Okay, I need to add in a very big detail that helps. I didn't want to say this out loud but y'all acting up junior's barber cuts his hair at our house so, so it's a house call haircut i mean travel fee he need, no listen <laughs> he, let me yeah, tell you something didn't we just talk about gas prices so, so <laughs> he that way. no again 25 dollars <laughs> yeah the guys around here do it for like go to houses for like 100 thank you oh, okay wow. paul say it one more time a hundred dollars for a house call so now it seems like i'm on the cheaper end of the deal mm, i can't I don't, I don't with, can't even continue with this conversation because junior cut his own hair Uh -uh, my baby gotta look right this is another thing that i don't play but i'm gonna end it here because this is a whole nother conversation that we might have to get into at another time but i don't like that if the parents are sharp from head to toe hair done nails done everything did i got on exclusive shoes teeth done yeah everything (laughs) did i don't like that if i'm walking around clean junior gotta be just as clean as me or even better so that's just how i feel so anything that that i would spend money on for myself junior gonna get the utmost eliteness himself because i can't be a parent walking around cleaner than my kids so that's just how i feel y'all can throw a fit but if i got on exclusive shoes so will junior we, we we both agree on that but my version's a little bit more affordable i'll just go to ross or marshall's thank you sam thank you so my mom, anyway my long story short inflation is hitting everybody it's hitting connecticut it's hitting maryland it's hitting florida west virginia and it's hitting us here in the a so we can assume it's hitting y'all too so listen shrinkonomics that's all i'm gonna say shrinkonomics Coming up next, we have multi Hall of Famer. Yes, multi, been in multiple, she's in multiple Hall of Fames. Nancy Lieberman. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. done so much for the game of basketball so much so that there is an award named after you for the best point guard in college sports on the women's side it's called the nancy lieberman award so i always wanted to ask you this how did that even become a thing like i know you're amazing everyone knows you're amazing how do you get an award named after you well first god is good amen (laughs) amen all the time absolutely god doesn't make mistakes and what he does and who he anoints so I was coaching in the WNBA uh, my first year in, in 1998. And these guys from the Detroit Rotary Club came to meet me in my office. And we started talking and they said, look, 
there's a gazillion awards in the name of men, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, it doesn't matter. And they said, we would like to do the Nancy Lieberman Award, you know, given to the best point guard in college basketball each and every year. So I was like, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> and so we met for like two hours. They, you know, blew smoke at me and uh, I didn't hear from them for almost a year. And so I figured, you know, they moved on to their next project. And then they came to my office with this humongous kind of statue that was made, you know, the one you have, Renee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of passing the ball, the no look thing that I do. Uh-huh. And there it was. And so, you know, 1998, 99 was the, the first year the Nancy Lehman Point Guard of the Year Award which it seems like the people at UConn are trying to steal that <laughs> So you didn't know, like you didn't know it was really going to like, they basically reached out and said, would you be down for this? And you were like, yeah, of course. But then you didn't hear nothing back and they came back with a she whole- She was everyday life. <laughs> you just went on about your regularly scheduled program. like, And then they came back like, hey, so do you like the way this looks? But they didn't tell you that it was like implemented already. Like, I want to hear this whole thing. No, I mean, I, I just, you know what? How many times have you had people like get all excited and want to do something? with you in business, all of you for Matt, you know, everybody's got this big plan and this big dream, you know, and to have a national award in your name, that's a big thing. So I was kind of hyped a little bit, but I was kind of just staying low. I didn't really want to say anything to anybody because I didn't want it to not happen. You know, it's like dating. You don't want to jinx it. They don't call. They don't call. And then everybody asking about it. What was that thing you said about? So yeah, yeah you- right. Exactly. Right. I love you. I love you. What's your name? <laughs> so you talked about it out and you at UConn, you mentioned it. In 2009, I was able to be a Nancy Lieberman Award winner my senior oh. year, which was it was really dope because of what you do in the space. And so you're doing a lot of different things. But I also want to talk about the things you do outside of basketball. And you've been one of those people that you've been loud in a sense of standing up for things. And we had a conversation personally where you're like, yeah, people don't really know where I'm coming from in a sense of like, you're so down. And so what makes you so down? Like, I just want to ask in general, because a lot of people have platforms, but they don't necessarily want to use it to speak up. But you've been loud yeah, and we yeah. love it. Definitely. Amen. Amen. You, you know, it's funny. We're talking here in 2022 about, you know, being loud or, you know, women of color or where we are with social and racial justice. When I was 11, 12, 13 years old, the black community was really loud for me when we didn't have social media and you had to be actionary in what you did. And, you know, Renee, you know about me taking the train by myself to Harlem at night to go to Rucker and to play in the park and the guys were kind of like, little girl, are you lost? And I'm like, no, are you? <laughs> and they would kind of look at me and I had put t-shirts in my jacket so I look bigger. I mean, wow. I'm 11, 12 years old and flaming hair, little white, little Jewish kid from Queens. Hey. And um, the guys were just like, you know where you are. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm at Rucker Park and I heard the best players in the world play here and I want to be really great. And, you know, can you help me? And they're like, you know, this is Rucker Park. And I looked at the <laughs> one guy <laughs> and I said, is your name Rucker? And he goes, no. I said, good. It ain't your park. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to play and I need your help. Will you help me? So once they realized that I was not afraid, you know, just because we look different, the leadership, the mentorship, like each one, teach one, you know, mm -hmm. a mentor is for yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, I learned critical skills, thinking, friendships, relationships on those courts uh, in Brooklyn and in Far Rockaway and certainly up at Rucker. And I was protected. Mm. And so, you know, for me, I have such a love and respect for the African-American community because I was treated like family. Matter of fact, Kevin Durant's company, 35 Ventures, it's coming out soon. It's called Point Gods. Have you heard of it, Renee? No, tell me about it. Tell yes. us about oh, it. I've heard that. So, you know, Gods, G-O-D-S. Uh -huh. And they picked like the 17 or so greatest point guards 
in the history of New York City basketball, not the island, not Nassau County, the city. The documentary is going to be on Showtime. You know, it's the greats of the greats from Marbury to Mark Jackson to Skip to My Lou. Skip to My Lou. These are are my guys from from (laughs) playing. It's crazy. Right. So when I was asked and I was like, that is so super cool that I'm included in you better be. Did you uh, just tell yeah, us that at 11 years old, you were rocking up to Rucker Park? Like, let that sink in because yeah. we all know Rucker Park. We all know what Rucker's all about. At 11 years old, you were rocking up to Rucker. Yeah, you better be on Fearless. that list. Better be. Top. <laughs> you know, I, I had gone back there so many times and loved it. Matter of fact, when I had to film my interview a while back, They asked Kenny Anderson and people like that, where do you want to film your piece? And I said, I want to do it half court of Rucker. Mm. And so we filmed out in the park. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're young, like y'all, as you get older, you gain perspective, you know, and wisdom and all that stuff that, you know, we like to promote about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) But there were people leaning out of the windows of the buildings going, Hey, fire. Hey, what's up, Lady Magic? And I got chills. Wow. I got chills because I have this relationship. And I went back there with Rod Strickland and we hosted the 50 year anniversary of Rucker Park. And on August 6th, I'm being inducted into the Rucker Park Hall of Fame. Wow. Look at that. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. (laughs) Congratulations. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's iconic because think about it. You said it. Look at you. I'm just going to address the elephant in the room. Look at you, Nancy. You talked about it. Redheaded, Jewish, white girl at the time, but now woman about to be inducted into the Rutgers Hall of Fame. Crazy. That is amazing. That's beautiful. For everything that has happened to me, and I've had so many blessings in my life and in my career, and people are so kind to me. But that's the stuff that just makes you happy because that's before you were it's a somebody. full circle moment. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It was just lifelong relationships that I carry on with, uh, you know, Bob McCullough and everybody at Rucker Park today. And they shaped my life and they taught me to be fearless and to try. You know, I remember back in 74, uh, I was trying out 74, 75 for the USA team. I was 15 years old and everybody was like, you're too young. You don't have enough experience. So you were trying out for the full on Olympic team, not the 15 and under team. Right. So wow. in 75, I was a junior in high school, 16, and I made the Pan Am team, wow. which won the gold medal. And it's wild. Pat Summit was my teammate. Wow. Ian Myers was my teammate. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm the only player. I know this as a fact in history that played against Pat for Pat on the USA team and then against her when she was coaching at Tennessee and I was at Old Dominion. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I was young enough. And and then uh, I was 17 at the Olympics. I missed my high school graduation at Far Rockway High School because we were in Montreal. Wow. And I'm still the youngest Olympic basketball player uh, for the U.S. male or female. Wow. Wow. Amazing. I mean, if you're going to miss your graduation for something, it would be that, huh? Wow. I was going to say that. Worth it. Exactly. It's crazy. So you're in about like six to ten Hall of Fames at this point right now. We already said (laughs) Nace. We already said Naismith. You're going into Rutgers, Nassau County. Like, you got a lot going on, Nancy. And this is what I love because you're the ultimate pioneer trailblazer before those terms even got labeled on people. And it doesn't even start. Speaking of trailblazers, it actually made me think of Boxing is picking up and Muhammad Ali's grandson is in boxing. And I know you had a very strong relationship with Muhammad Ali. So what was that like as you were guiding? Like you were in a different space because you were, again, a woman speaking out about a lot loud. So what was it like to be able to be close to Muhammad Ali during that time? Well, I'm not sure even to this day why he chose me, because so many people wanted to be in his space and to just be in that inner circle if I can just be real and I'll walk you down this at the end, if I can be transparent, like I was a poor kid from New York with no food, no father, no heat, no electricity. We're one grandparent away from food stamps. 
I was in fistfights every day because people were making fun of me because how I dressed, my book bag was a brown paper garbage bag. My pencil bag was a brown paper pencil and people would like laugh at me and make fun of me. And I didn't have a lot of conflict resolution. And so I would just like, bam. And I'd look down. I'm like, you bleeding right now. And I would just keep walking. So that was how I protected myself because I didn't have like that family unit to protect me. Actually, I was I was really sad and broken as a child, and that's why I needed uh, sports more than sports needed me. Mm-hmm. So I played football, baseball, basketball, and you know today it would be called bullying and all the tactics that people use words. And I just got so tired of it. I didn't know if I was going to kill you, but I didn't know if I was going to kill me mm-hmm. when I was little because I was just so damaged. And I'm walking in my house one day and there's this man on TV and it's like, I'm the greatest of all times. I beat Joe Frazier. Like I beat George Foreman. Like I beat Sonny Liston back in 1964. I'm too pretty not to be the champion of the world. I am the greatest of all times. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm 10 years old. So I walk into the kitchen and I look at my mother and I go, I'm going to be the greatest of all times. I'm going to knock him out. Goes, I'm your mother. Yeah, I'm going to knock him out. She goes, him's your brother. And I'm standing like at the door frame, And I said, you better get used to me. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be great. And she goes, why are you talking like that? I don't know. But I'm telling you, I'm going to be the greatest of all times. And I ran in my room and cried. Okay. So I fell in love with Muhammad Ali. Okay. Think about it. The black heavyweight champion of the world, the little 10 year old, little white juice kid from Queens, the girl was right here. He hit my heart. He was who I needed. And I kept thinking if I just work hard, I, I went to the library. I pulled stuff up on Muhammad Ali And I decided then I was going to work my ass off to be something. I didn't want my mother's life. I didn't want to be dependent on a man's paycheck to support the family because women are one, you know, paycheck, one husband away from, from poverty. And I didn't want that to happen to me. And I knew that as a young person, I'm a rule breaker. Okay. When I say rule breaker, if you tell me I can't do this, I will show you I can. And that was my attitude. Love it. So I make the U.S. team. I get a scholarship to Old Dominion University. They said, you know, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're never going to make anything of yourself. So I needed sports to prove people wrong. We go to Old Dominion. Everybody says, what the hell are you going to Old Dominion for? They won six games last year. And, you know, my retort was... You know, yeah, because I wasn't. That's <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I like your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be humble on your show. <laughs> no, there's no Don't need. Don't be humble, Nancy. You don't want it. Go. We want the truth. Let we want the, the story. truth. What does it's Isaiah Thomas say? Let it be known. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ali used to say, if you're good, it ain't bragging. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. That's right. So I go to college. You know, Renee, you know this from your college days at UConn, but we go 124 and 15 in my four years at Old Dominion. Wow. We win the NIT. We win back-to-back national championships. We're, we're 72 and two my last two years. But going into my senior year, this is amazing. I was asked to do an appearance at the New York Stock Exchange for the Olympic Committee fundraiser. So I'm fake feeling good about myself because I'm player of the year in college basketball and Nancy Liebman and all that nonsense. And I'm going up the escalator with my mother and my best friend, Barbara. And I said, so who's the other athlete with me? And the guy goes, we're going in the green room. I said, well, who's the other athlete? Oh, he goes, oh, yes, Muhammad Ali. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) Like, Muhammad Ali is here? What? Wow. I'm like 19, 20 years old, and I'm like, I couldn't breathe. (laughs) The green room door opens, and it was like, So there's one of my Olympic teammates, Howard Davis, on the men's boxing team, Sugar Ray Leonard and Howard won gold medals in Montreal. And I beeline because I'm so scared and nervous that Ali is there. And I'm just like standing with him. And my mother goes up to Ali and goes, Mr. Muhammad, (laughs) (laughs) and my daughter 
my daughter's the greatest of all times. <laughs> I love it. And then he goes, listen here, lady, there's only one greatest of all times, and it's me. And she goes, Mr. Muhammad, I know you're good, but my daughter is the greatest of all times. So he kind of brings me over, my head is down, and he goes, your mom says you're good. And I go, no, Mr. Muhammad, I'm real. I'm the greatest of all time. <laughs> what? So you said that on your first meeting. So we sit there and he starts smiling. He goes, there's two of us. I go, yeah. And I beat people up too. He goes, I'm asking to stop beating people up. I said, what? but they make fun of me and you know, I, they hurt my feelings. So I just beat them up and stuff. <laughs> and I look at him, I go, well, you fight. He goes, I get paid to fight. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> he knew, he just knew that I needed him in my life. Mm -hmm. wow. wow. So when it was over, he says, can you come back to the Plaza Hotel? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma, we're going to the Plaza with Muhammad Ali. We're not in the hotel room 10 minutes and Ali is telling me about philanthropy. Wow. He's teaching me about racism. The stuff he was telling me about, and, and just work with me here, the psyche of the, the black man and woman, uh, how they've been demeaned. Okay, I'll tell you exactly what he said. He said, you know, you watch a movie and there's this cowboy on the white horse with the white hat and they're the hero. And then there's the man with the black hat and the black horse, and he's evil. He's not the hero in the story. Day is happy. Night is scary. He was just giving me things. My head was spinning. I'm like, man, I never thought about stuff like that. That's true. And then he looked at me and he goes, Nancy, he goes, God made you special. And I went, you know God too? You know everybody. <laughs> Me and he's like, okay, let's exchange phone numbers. <laughs> so oh on your first God. meeting, let me just make sure I got this. You told Muhammad Ali, you, in fact, are the greatest of all time. I did. And then he said, there's two of us. And then he went on to proceed to talk to you about things. And is and that's kind of, I'm just putting it together. But maybe that how you got your voice and became strong in your voice because he let you be, he taught you how to be strong in your voice. That's pretty crazy. I am trying to just be everything he wants me to be. So, you know what Muhammad Ali taught me? He taught me this. He knew I was broken. So I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow if I fail, if I succeed. They'll never oh take my away God. my dignity. Is inside of me. He taught me to love me. I would say to my friends in any community, women, women of color, you got to love you. If you don't love you, other people won't mm -hmm. love you. That's true. And you have to be strong. And he taught me to be strong. And he taught me the most powerful word, no. No, I'm not doing that. No, mm. I'm not drinking that. No, I'm not I just learned that no. word, Nancy. Nancy, I don't no. know. You know the sports word. I just learned the no word about a year ago. So someone told me, Jamel Hill said that, Lena Waithe told her that no is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. And so I just learned this no word you're talking about, Nancy. Ali taught me no early in life. No, I'm not sleeping there because that can derail your life. If you get pregnant and all this, we can't be who we're going to be. And matter of fact, did you know Ali has the shortest poem in history? What is it? This is us. Me. We. Oh. oh. Powerful, yes. isn't it? Wow. Yeah. There were times when, like, I would go to him and I would tell him, you know, something was bothering me, and he would always look at me and go, "Me, we, you're not Love by that. yourself. I'm here." Wow, that's so powerful. That's beautiful. We. But he taught me respect everybody for nobody. There's two people in life. There's givers and there's takers, and I want you to be the giver. And he just taught me so many crucial characteristics of life and so i am who i am today because of him wow. and that's why i'm confident in who i am as i say god makes no mistakes i am the right person in the right time for the right thing to do for people that's beautiful and people need to be championed because sometimes they're scared and they don't know what to do we do right and it's okay because look I was in New York last week. I'm a New York Yankee fan. 
People hate the Yankees. <laughs> we got 27 rings. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we continue our conversation with Nancy Lieberman, and we're going to get into her coaching in the Big Three, winning a championship, and also what she's doing with her foundation and her new Kobe and Gigi court. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ask though, because you you know you used to beat people up back in your day, and celebrity boxing is taking off. We've seen NBA players, NFL. Would you ever get in the ring and then knock somebody's head off for a coin? <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. She laid down her her gloves. She laid the gloves down. You know who had the first fight in WNBA history? Who is who? that? Oh. Me. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was, was it? You who was you fighting? Yeah. Question. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> leave a little My team, Detroit, had the first brawl in WWE oh. history. Nancy, you were stirring stuff up. What? <laughs> she said, what? <laughs> okay, so listen. I'm not the front. I can't hear you. <laughs> I love it because that fire inside of you, it's still there. I watched you as a coach of the big three. Y'all won a championship already as a head coach there. You talked about that. So can you just talk about the big three? If people don't know Ice Cube, that's that whole league. I saw Kanye was sitting courtside last year. Did I see that right? Yeah. Did you see him? He had a hood on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me tell you about the big three. <laughs> I was thrilled uh, when I was hired in the NBA in, in 2015 to coach, be an assistant. It was just Becky and I in the NBA at the time. So my mom got sick in 2017 and, and I had to step away. I didn't know if I'd ever get to coach again. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm watching the NCAA tournament. I'm watching, this is truth, straight out of Compton. I'm going back and forth watching the men. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. My phone rings. It's restricted. So I look at it. And I'm like, I'm not picking that up. And then I'm a girl. So I went, I wonder who's calling me. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like kryptonite. <laughs> so I pick up the phone. I go, yo, who's this? And the person goes, yo, is Nancy there? I said, yo, who is it? And he goes, yo, it's Ice Cube. I went, wow. How did you get my number? He goes, I'm Ice Cube. <laughs> yes. <laughs> number. <laughs> I got to get to that status. <laughs> I was like, do I call you Mr. Cube, Mr. Ice? What do I call you? I want to be respectful. <laughs> and he was so nice. And he's like, look, I'm in a room of all men. We basically all look alike and I'm a you know, cultural changer. And in my league, the big three, it's important for me to have diversity and inclusion. And he goes, I would like you to to be a head coach. I actually, I'd like you to be the first female head coach of a men's professional league with NBA level players. Mm -hmm. And I I asked him, I said, sir, are are you trying to check a box? And he goes, no, I think you can win. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's all I wanted to hear. (laughs) Say less. Yes. You said say less. And then that was, and you've been with them ever since? Ever since. And, and you know, the other really cool thing, we got on a call like that next day, my agent and, you know, all the, the people that needed to be on the call to do the contract. And he said, the one thing your agent won't have to do at Octagon is you're going to be the highest paid coach in the, the big three. You're going to make what Dr. J and Gary Payton and Rick Barry and Rick Mahorn. Wow. And I was like, excuse me. He goes, it will be equal. And I was like, praise God. As I, I it mean, should be. As but it should I, it's be. Not, it's not the norm even though it should be. So I love to hear that they're trying to level that playing field. And just in case people don't know, Ice Cube was right. As I mentioned, you went on to win a championship, but you also went on to get coach of the year as well. So again, you do that overachieving thing that you love to do all the time. You didn't just go coach. You went and won and got coach of the year. 
Great. That's beautiful. But you know what? I had great players, honestly. I mean, I had really amazing players. You know, Corey McGetty was my captain, MVP, an incredible guy. Katino Mobley, co-captain, incredible guy. Big Baby Davis, incredible. Yes. Birdman. You know, I mean, like, (laughs) I love you, Chris Anderson, but don't come near me with those tattoos. (laughs) I don't like to get flu shots. No. (laughs) Coach, you would look good with something on your neck. (laughs) You're talking about some big time NBA players and it makes me, you know, one of them was Kobe Bryant was a big time NBA player that gave back to the community and you have the Nancy Lieberman. You have different charities, but one of them you've you've done now. I've read this, but I don't know if it's true. Your 110th dream court is in honor of Kobe and Gigi Bryant. Wow. Yeah. Because that, that number 110 is the wildest part. Yes. But tell me about it because recently, I think it recently finished, right? I was following that. You recently finished a court in the honor of Kobe and Gigi, right? We did. So Nancy Lieberman Charities is a children's charity. And I say a children's charity because we have been huge advocates in education, in, you know, racial equality, in uh, health, fitness. We've sent over 90 students to college since 2012. I don't want to say we're pivoting, but we're having a big push right now. We want to send uh, young boys and girls to HBCUs. We want them to be proud of the heritage. Maybe some of their family members had gone to. We're not saying you have to, but we're saying we want to recognize. We don't want to be tone deaf that maybe maybe you never thought of that before. I love it. So the dream court, right? I call it a dream court because it was my dream to be on a court because you couldn't hurt me on the court. It was all about street cred and building friendships and relationships. So in 2009, we started our first dream court in uh, Frisco, Texas here, right down the street from me. Well, here we are in 2022. We now have opened up 113 dream courts. Wow. What? You mean tell me my numbers is wrong already. Y'all had 113, <laughs> Nancy. Wow. Look, I need you to get to current events. With <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hilarious. That's great. That's amazing. But we have like STEM on every court. We have financial literacy programming, accredited wow. programming, kids and cops programming, career readiness and civic engagement. Let's educate. Why shouldn't we teach a a kid in the inner city in Baltimore that taxes in San Francisco are three times as high or there's, let's educate. I mean, so, I mean, education is power. So that's what we do. We've given over 2,500, you know, tablets to kids so they can do homework. You can't be on a level playing field academically if you can't, you know, stink and do your homework. That's true. And and you don't have Wi-Fi. And we've done that over over 11,000 backpacks with, um, you know, supplies for a year of school. Wow. And, you know, people don't understand, like, a backpack means something. because sure. I mean, I had the garbage bag. It makes you feel good about Mm -hmm. yourself. You know, like sometimes in the community – You see a kid maybe coming out of the projects. It has a a nice hat, a matching shirt, and Mm -hmm. kicks. Little stuff means something. It does. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel good about yourself. And if you've never been there, if you've never been poor, if you've never been underserved, if you've never been discriminated against, you don't have a frame of reference. Right. So I didn't wake up at, you know, 50 or whatever years old and have a moment of, you know, clarity and go, hey, I've made a lot of money. I've done really well. Let me be nice. Yeah. Every one of our programs correlates, you know, the scholarships. I'm not on this show without a scholarship, by the way, without Title IX. Renee and I are not on this show. Happy 50th anniversary to Title IX. Happy 50th anniversary. It changes our life. You know, it took you out of your situation. It introduced you to people that maybe looked like you, maybe didn't look like you. But you get to exchange thoughts, ideas, and create lifelong friendships. Absolutely. And we don't want segregation. We want togetherness. We want love. We want Ali again. He said the greatest religion of all is love and kindness. Mm. How simple is that? It transcends every religion. Yeah. Love and kindness. You know, I mean, Renee and I know we look different, but I take a bullet for her. 
I would. Yeah. Because awesome. I love awesome. her and I respect her and I care about her. Mm. Man. And I, I want people to do that for me too. Amen. Amen. So that's Man. what we do. But we've raised over seven million dollars cold hard cash. Your compassion is is just crazy. Yes. Like we're giving it away. It's not ours. We're giving it away. We're we're, we, but you know what? We also want kids to have skin in the game. We're going to send you to college, but you have my phone number and you have my email. If I don't hear from you, there's no excuses. I want to know how you're doing. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you dating? Are you not? Yeah. Do you like school? Yeah. yeah. That's all you have to do is stay in touch with me and yeah. give me four hours a year for you to, you know, kind of shadow a first responder or a civic leader. Four hours a year is not a lot to nothing. ask. Yes, nothing. that's nothing. No. You said something. You said education is power. And I love that. My Snook right there is sitting. She's a college professor of 30 years. So you know that we definitely, at an HBCU, might I add. So love to hear what you're doing in, in that space. And so we always talk about generational things and, and what that does generational-wise. And so when you, you talked about the money and helping people along the way, so what does generational wealth look like to you? Generational wealth for me, and you might want to have a sidebar with my son, TJ, who thinks it's all going to him. <laughs> <laughs> what up, TJ? Don't break yeah. TJ hard in the watch show. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy, and he's he's very philanthropic as well. And I keep getting back to this. Uh, I will say this, and maybe I'm not even answering your questions, by the way. But, you know, like when, when George was murdered, mm. uh, you know, I think there was a lot of white guilt out there. Are we in agreement with that? There yes. And I, said, I always tell people, you don't have to be guilty. Just hire somebody that doesn't look like you. Help somebody because you don't know what their circumstances are. And you might have been blessed. Nobody is saying you shouldn't have what you have. But have some empathy. Have some love for other people and their situation because they're fighting and clawing and you know, trying to get out of their situation so they could have a better life. Right, right. So one of my neighbors immediately puts a sign, you know, Black Lives Matter, and you can smack me if you don't like what I'm going to say, in their window. So I'm walking my dog one day, a few days later, and I go, Black Lives Matter? They don't say anything to me. I go, that's really great. I said, if Black Lives Matter, which is very, really cool of you, you wouldn't be living in this neighborhood if you didn't have resources. Have you ever hired somebody African-American or a woman who makes between 57 and 68 cents on the dollar, women of color? Have you ever hired somebody like that? I said, then you don't have to put that in your window. That's right. Then your conscience is, is free. There you go. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Don't put that optics bullshit in your window to make people think. That you're woke. Be about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, I don't even use words like woke. To me, it's, and, and I get it, but it's just like, just do the right yeah. thing. Have compassion. That's what yeah. it comes do down the right to. Thing. Yeah. Maybe it's not a, a real fancy word. Do the right thing. Come on, right? Spike Lee. Come that's, on, Spike no, Lee. that's the original. Do the right that's, thing. that's right. It's right. Do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Miss Lieberman, when I grew up, that was my grandparents' mantra. And I lived by it. I tried to teach my kids. It was always Right is right and wrong, and wrong is wrong. wrong. She always that's said it. that. Yeah. Right is right, wrong is wrong. She still says yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's the way it is. Your family was so right. Some of you guys don't know me. Renee does, obviously. But like my smile <laughs> makes you smile. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything to make somebody happy. It does not. And it communicates warmth. It communicates happiness, kindness, not like... You know, don't don't look at me like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I can go down that path, too, but I choose not to. That's right. And I see people going after each other. And you know this, Renee, because pe a lot of people don't like UConn because UConn's phenomenal and the success that you've had. There's inherent jealousy. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, whether it was Old Dominion or the Yankees or but I know I have privilege. Renee, you have some privilege, right? Yes. On some level, privilege could be related to color or ethnicity, but it's it's money. I mean, Kobe had privilege. Michael Jordan has privilege. LeBron has privilege. I have privilege. It's because we've been able to accrue generational wealth and affect people down the line. Yes. You put that together. I did like, you just brought that all. I really get what you're saying now at that end. Yeah, we all have, if you have generational wealth, that is a privilege. 
that we all will have if you if yes. you obtain it. Yeah. So, you know, like I don't like when people and I know uh, racism is systemic because, look, anti-Semitism is systemic. And look, I'm 63 years old. This is what I believe. I believe the two greatest atrocities in American history was the Holocaust and slavery. There are people out there that do not think slavery existed. They think it's a myth. There are people out there who think the Holocaust was a made up story and it's a myth. It's amazing. My great, great grandmother and grandfather, this is sad. They died. One died in a gas chamber in Nazi Germany and one died Mm. burnt alive in an oven. I mean, I saw on my grandparents, the, you know, whatever the numbers of being in the concentration camps wow. and tattoos. Wow. We have witnessed, we have seen videos of the hangings and the atrocities. I think the Jewish community, and I'm I'm a, I'm a you know born again Christian. I'm I have Jesus and Moses on my backcourt, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, if I may, the black and the Jewish community should be in lockstep. Yes. Amen. We should be in lockstep. And if you look, Kobe will tell you the guys that helped him the most were these smart old Jewish guys. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson's right left hand, right hand, and behind him were, were led and you know by the Jewish guys in, in Hollywood in teaching them. Same with Michael Jordan. We can all help each other. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Instead of nitpicking at each other. I would agree. Amen. I agree, Amen. man. It's like all the communities. It's all the communities, like the, the Latino community, the black community, yes. the Jewish community. It's like lockstep is the best word to put it because it's like we should be moving as one because we are all in the same both all in this together yeah we're all in this together i mean i was watching mlk's documentary he said that one of his biggest advisors was a jewish man the one that was helping him organize a lot of the things that he was involved Mm -hmm. with absolutely Mm -hmm. because right is right and wrong is wrong that's what it comes down to if we're all together and we in lockstep and we all know that we're going for the same cause and the same thing we want the same things everybody in life wants the same things there's no reason for us to be mad because one got one and one didn't get one let's all get let's all get it let's all eat the bottom line is we have to live in this world together and we have to do things to make this world livable so we need to get it together so we can do that. Not only for, when we talk about generational, not only for us, because I'm old too, Nancy. I'm, I'm older Nancy than you. Nancy ain't saying she was old now. Ah, I, I corrected that. And I'm older than you, but I, I'm looking at leaving a world that's better for my kids and grandkids. That's it. Yeah. I love that. So you know what would be amazing for all of us? Like you did in Atlanta. You realize, know the power you don't know you have. Yeah. Again, it's always good to challenge me because I don't get mad. I think it's just good, loving conversation. Term limits. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Did I just hit a nerve? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> You've been getting all this money for all these years and you haven't done crap. Done nothing. Done nothing. Don't want to so hear it. So I was it. on these congressional calls after George was murdered. And all these, you know, politicians, they're in their little boxes and they're talking about the 1099, the 1033, and they're talking about qualified immunity and all this, that the culture at the police academies. And I'm like, at the end, they said, Miss Liebman. And I was like, yeah, thanks for having me on here. Really, uh, it was very educational, like listening to all of you. Uh, some of you said you have been, you know, senators, congresspeople. You've been um, serving America, the people for, you know, 40, 38, whatever years. And I just went, so I do have a question. What have you done? You said you've been doing this for 40 years. We still have red line districts. We still have financial institutions that are not allowing uh, the black community to purchase homes, but they'll give that money to a white family that has less, you know, sustainability financially. So walk me through this one more time, because like, I'm just an athlete. I'm just a basketball player. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. And I'm like, my friends in the hood are scared to death. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. And it's 40 years later, but every year that there's an election, you want to get a photo op with somebody in the community? <laughs> Talk are to you them. kidding me? Talk to them. I said, that, that's not cool with me. I said, I'm a coach. I use analytics. I can tell you where Kobe Bryant, 14 feet, six inches, left side of the floor off one dribble with one defender in front of him. I can tell you exactly where his shots come from Mm. or my team. 
I said, I can go back right now. I can pull everybody who's on this committee and I can find out when you ran, what year you ran, what you ran on. Mm-hmm. Did you sign a bill? Oh, this is Did called receipts, Nancy. These are receipts is what these is called. Did you create a bill for the black community? So then I say to you again, what have you done? Because in my world, I call a timeout. I either have a minute or 30 <laughs> seconds. I got to get the right people in the game, put them on the right place on the floor. Uh-huh. And I have to draw up a play that if they execute enough, I get my contract renewed. And if they don't, they fire my ass. There you mm. go. And I said, oh, and thank you so much. Bless your hearts for having me on <laughs> this committee. <laughs> I got invited back 17 times. They thought I was a loose wow. cannon. Listen, nice. they well, was there we need. for it. That that's is what exactly we need. what we need. People speaking up and speaking Definitely. their mind. Listen, I would love to talk to you all day, but I know that all you're busy day. and have <laughs> yes. lots of things to back. do. You're in 500 <laughs> Hall of Fames. You've won a gazillion championships, broken every record. And to me, you're just the OG point guard. That's what, how yes. I see you. So I Snaps. see you as that leader Good point love. guard that started it all, the trailblazers. So we thank you for joining us on Montgomery and Company. Nancy Lieberman, people. Thank you. Okay, so we're coming off of a big, nice dream win. The reason it's a big win is because they always say your next game is your biggest game and your last game was your most recent game. But we're coming off of our biggest win because it was our last game. And the Atlanta Dream, we're, you know, we're sitting at 500, 8 and 8, not bad. And we kind of been in sports mode as a family because we've just recently watched Roz. Shouts to Giannis Antetokounmpo and his family for what they overcame. And we also watched Hustle. I want to talk about Hustle because imagine all these NBA players that was a star. Bo Cruz was the name of the character, but that was an NBA player that starred in the movie. I saw Kenny the Jet Smith was in there getting his acting chops together. I love to see it. It's called More Than People. We'll catch y'all next week. Montgomery & Co. It's a generational thing. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Are you a hunter or an outdoor enthusiast? Take your love for firearms to the next level with Goat Guns. Our miniatures are an ideal addition to your hunting gear or cabin decor. Each model is meticulously crafted, capturing the essence of legendary firearms. Celebrate your passion for the outdoors by displaying these stunning pieces. With Goat Guns, you can showcase your love for hunting and firearms in a unique and artistic way. Explore our collection now and embrace your outdoor spirit at GoatGuns.com. 